Okay, so welcome to Man in the Stand. Uh, my usual partner in crime, Matt Phillips, is here. Matt, um, his Twitter handle is F-O-R-E underscore bet. If you want to follow his tweets throughout the through the week and the weekend, he's always a good read. And um, Matt, let's talk about the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. What a, an amazing finish on the Sunday. It was quite the back nine, wasn't it? It really was, wasn't it? I mean, it was almost a battle of who didn't want it most. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I, I wasn't um, greatly invested um, from my picks, apart from the odd place, but um, I imagine it would have been an interesting one to trade if you're on the exchanges for the length of the back nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so let's sort of talk about some of those um, back nine performances. Um, I want to talk, first of all, about Cameron Smith. Now, here's a guy that I – let's talk about him for a moment because you know he's a bit of a golden boy of mine, right? So yeah, I've sure. picked him you know, a lot throughout the year. Um, I've had a win out of him at the Zurich Invitational or the Zurich Challenge with Mark Leishman and what have you. Um, I've won him last year at the Sony Open in Hawaii. But I'm honest to God, Matt, this is a guy that really could have won three or four times this year, I yeah. believe, if he had kind of kept his. I don't even know how to. I don't know what it is with with Cam Smith, because he. I don't know if it's mental, uh, or I don't know if it's luck, or I don't know if it's um, uh, bad course management, or I'm not sure what it is, but. If you want to find a golfer to squander away um, opportunities, just look at Cam Smith. Equally, he is one of the most exciting young players in golf because I think this guy could win a bucket full. What, what do you think of this guy? Yeah, so I've not, I, I know that for quite a while you've been an enormous Cam Smith fan. And while I've liked him from afar and sort of enjoyed watching him play, he's not really my brand of golfer, so to speak. However, um, I think this week, more than any other week that I've watched him, apart from a little bit on Sunday, he's been hitting his irons really well. And that's not really in his um, the makeup of his game. We know that his short game is insanely good. Um, and it's almost like he wants to show it off sometimes, isn't it? He sort of yeah. to that end. But he actually yeah. hit his irons really well, apart from it got to Sunday and he started to be a bit leaky and just let himself get up and down from spots. Um I think I might be converted to him, though. I think the, the bookies have just about caught up with him price-wise. But yeah. he seems to be in contention an awful lot. And I understand what you say about he does seem to fritter things away a little bit. Um, I think we probably need to give him a little bit of slack for the shot that he attempted. I mean, it was the drive that cost him, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It was. Um, yeah. It was me off the tee. <laughs> An enormous leaky fade that was... Um, out of bounds, and then he left himself on the hard pan, didn't he? Um, I listened to his interview afterwards, and from what he was saying, he, his argument for hitting that shot was that he was sure that Harris was going to birdie one of the holes coming in. Now, at that point, I don't think Harris had played the par five, so you'd understand if Cam realised that Harris English was on the same score with the easiest hole on the course, 16, the par five still to play, that I th I'm pretty sure he was convinced he needed birdie. Um, in that case, you understand why he tried the absolute miracle shot that he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. It's like twenty twenty, isn't it? And the way that he was um, playing his around the green game with his getting up and down, he would just try and chip out to 30, 40 yards, like he did in the end. He absolutely stuck a wedge, didn't he, for bogey? Um, yeah. But trying to add it all up, I don't think he knew at that point, and I think he thought he needed to make birdie, and the only way to make birdie was to hit the the ridiculous shot. Um, trees in ninety percent air, after all. Yeah, I guess so, and uh, it, it, you you make quite a, a, a sort of a calm and reasonable case for it, as you always kind of do, which I think, you know, I, Cameron Smith for me is a guy that, uh, and this is not this is a couple of times this has happened now where I've avoided him, I've felt like I should give myself an uppercut for avoiding him, yeah. and 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 fifteen minutes later. I'm I'm thanking the Lord that I did, you know. Um, yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because he he flatters to deceive sometimes. Because I, I mean, uh, and, and and but he's such a special talent. Like he's a guy. He's the only guy that shot four rounds in the sixties at Augusta, 
Um, uh, yeah. he's, uh, he has now got the um, joint lowest ever putting strokes for a round, 18 putting stroke or 18 blows of the putter uh, for, uh, for 18 holes. I mean, he has some pretty sensational records, doesn't he? And yeah. um, w- which shows you that the guy is a really special talent. And I've always said this about Cam Smith. And, and, and as you said, Matt, the bookings are catching up with him. But he should have won more this year. And I think he'll know that. But I, So going forward, uh, yeah, value-wise, I think the value has been almost sucked out of him, uh, which is a shame because, um, you know, he, he, that's the kind of golfer I love. But um, I still, um, or I, I think this guy is a, a big, a big talent, and and I still think it when it comes to majors, when the prices kind of go out a little bit, I would always advise you to have a look at Cam Smith. Anyone who's listening, but be, uh, if he's in any sort of form and he's at any sort of price for a major, do look at Cam Smith. I still like him as a as a sneaky for the FedEx Cup as well. I'm looking at the FedEx Cup; he's sitting 16th in the FedEx Cup now. Um, I think the FedEx Cup this year is going to be a fantastic competition, Matt, because I think there is so many people who could win it this year, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the the final bit on Cam Smith, um, I think that shot that he played on 18 is is kind of the epitome of his golf game, right? It's the, it's the beauty of youth and that I'm just going to play with my mates. I want to attack every single shot that I can. And I think 10 years' time, he'll play that differently and he'll learn a lot about because he's got all of the tools, hasn't he, in order to, to succeed. But I think playing that shot, the way that he played that shot and the mindset that that reflects will actually long-term lead to him winning more events than he would otherwise. I think he's not going to be a player who's thinking, I'll protect my T3 for my extra 300k, whatever that is. He's going to play to win, isn't he? He plays the game kind of like you'd want all golfers to play and just the, the enjoyment of it. Um, maybe more so than um, talking about the FedEx Cup and... Uh, the the way that that's going to be made up. Um, I was chatting on a, another podcast last night about Louis Eustazen um, yeah. and how, um, as opposed to Cam, he didn't break through early in America. He's still not won an event in America. And I'm yeah. absolutely convinced that Louis Eustazen, um is only playing this week to try and rack up enough FedEx Cup points um, to try and win the FedEx Cup, get that massive bonus um, and get his win in America at Eastlake. Yes, that's a, that's a really good shout. Uh, be you could be right about that. Uh, I just want to say one more thing to Cam Smith. You just said, actually, he does play it with that kind of joy of youth or joie de vivre or whatever. Um, and, and he is, you know, coming from the part of the world that I come from, uh, not too far from him, uh, and the, you know, Antipodean sort of thing. Queens, He's a Queenslander, and, and Queenslanders have this very laconic, laid-back, she'll-be-right attitude to everything in life. And that is exactly the way Cam Smith plays golf. Um, it's kind of no worries, mate. It'll be, you know, it'll be all right. No, you know, you know, no worries. So he's that kind of golfer, and he and he plays in that kind of playing eighteen holes with your mates kind of style. He just happens to be really fucking good. Um, <laughs> That's and, exactly and, right. You know, and and I think that if he, as you quite rightly point out, as he ages and matures, and and, and gets to a, he gets a bit more steelier perhaps, and thinks. Okay, I, I, you know, I don't need to, maybe be, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can hold this one out. I mean, I, looking at those golfers coming down on the last, let's just go back to that. Um, I, I'm sorry, this is a bit all over the place, but let's go back to that. Uh, um, uh, last few holes because Louis says was in it, you know, um, as, uh, no, was he? Is it? Uh, no, yeah, sorry, he was until like mid Saturday, but he yeah, wasn't. mid Saturday, yeah, sorry. Um. Going back into onto that Sunday, uh, the last round of FedEx St. Jude. So, as you say, um, yeah, I think it, uh, Cam Smith, five years older, uh, five more years on the tour, would not kind of, I think, have squandered that opportunity. But anyway, that's all just pie-in-the-sky stuff. Let's look at actually what happened there. Harris English um, absolutely just, well, to coin a phrase, he shat the bed. Um, he had a, a, an absolute disastrous final round, uh, three over. Uh, to um, to you know, he was playing in the final pair, uh, and looked like he, you know, it was really his to win. Uh, and uh, and and some fantastic final rounds from Hideki Matsuyama on a seven under on the final round on the Sunday, 
Abraham answer two under, Sam Burns six under, um, forced a uh, a three man playoff between Abraham answer, Sam Burns, and Hideki Matsuyama, which you never would have thought at the beginning of the day. But Harris English um, just, as I say, just the wheels fell off. Now. He had a time warning from uh, an, uh, a rules official uh, somewhere in the uh, in the back. I think in the was it the back nine or the front nine? He had a, he had a, a time yeah, warning was... from. Um, it was playing with um, uh, Deschambeau. Um, how much do you think that affected him, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it was almost the the catalyst for him, him shit in the bed, for want of a, a, a nicer phrase. Um, I think it absolutely affected him. Now, I think there is. Again, we need to give Bryson a little bit of leeway. Now, not for his pace of play, but for the, the, the moment when they got put on the clock was after the the bit of a, it was a bit of a to-do, wasn't it, with Bryson being inbounds and out of bounds and doing multiple that's right. And yeah. At that point, I think that's that's a tour thing. And then being able to give a little bit of... Uh, uh, to give a bit of leeway with on the clock and how long um, pace of play should be completely objective it doesn't take into account what's happening on the course so it could be a completely fine round or it could be one where you're out of bounds where you, you have to do drops you have to do all sorts of things but because of the nature of the rules Harris English was very much under pressure and I think he said almost intentionally to the camera I hate being rushed he said he was having to run from from green to tea and things like that and it completely disrupted his rhythm didn't it I mean for for Harris English to sit this morning and think about the, the playoff was at 16 under. Through 10 holes, he was 21 under par. Like, he could have knocked the back nine in 39 and won. Um, it, it's just, it was clearly bothering him. And there was all the circus to do with Bryson and him getting a bit of abuse from the crowd. But Bryson's, for all of his faults, he must be used to that by now. He's used to being one of the slowest players on tour. So that's not going to affect him. He's probably been on the clock multiple times this year. Um, but Harris was clearly affected. And I think although it's almost impossible they would have actually got a time penalty, he obviously felt that it was something he had to do. And it was clear from his body language, wasn't it? Um, definitely after he made double. And um, the second double, I can't remember what hole it was, I think maybe 15, um, his body language just looked like he wanted to get out of there and get out of Dodge as soon as he could. So I feel for him because he seems like such a nice bloke and he, he resisted the temptation to throw Bryson under the bus in his interview. Um, I mean, Bryson didn't even take an interview, did he, after the after no. the round? So yeah. fair play to Harris English. He's he seems like a really nice bloke, a really genuine bloke, and I think circumstances conspired against him. Um, although he has to shoulder some of the blame because I mean, even I probably wouldn't have shoved an eight iron um, into the lake about forty yards offline on that par three. Yeah, so his back nine went uh, double uh, double bogey on the eleventh, so a double bogey five on the par three eleventh, and then a double bogey five on the par three fourteenth, and then a bogey. Uh, six on the par five sixteenth. Yeah. Easiest That's what cost him, isn't it? It was yeah to, to, to go round and finish in um a back nine of forty and a total of seventy three on the last day. How you you alluded just then to how uh, Bryson DeChambeau and uh, and you say he's not like worried about the time and that and he plays his own way, but how much do you think that it would just people chipping away at you and 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 kind of get having a dig at you all the time all day long how much do you think that that would affect you and not only you but you i think it must be tremendously off-putting yeah it must be horrendous i think i i struggle to sympathize with bryson even as a bryson truther right i i really like his golf game bryson so truther I've, I've, I've many of his wins sort of i am a bryson guy but I struggle with Bryson lately um, and I struggle with him not helping himself. However, um, due to, to to Brooks to a large degree and also himself, he's now in a situation where there is no way for him to win because it's got to, right? When you're playing golf and getting not abuse, but just that constant chip yeah, away chipping yeah. and yeah. comments. And it's almost like he, he is a nerd, but everyone is now victimising him because of that. And I'll stop short of bullying. That word's been bandied around Twitter. But Bryson has two choices, right? He can either just try and ignore everything, and that must be incredibly frustrating. Or if he snaps back, that just makes it him look even worse, right? Um, I think the best thing for him to do, and I, there's no way that he's going to do it, would be to come out and just be completely honest and say, look, I know all of this has happened. It's now really affecting me, which it clearly is, because he had a shocker on Sunday. Um, after the first all, I thought he was going to win. 
it is clearly affecting him. But unless he or Brooks comes out and just says, enough is enough, this is clearly it now gone too far and it's having an effect, it's not going to stop. Um, and it's almost become a sport to like Bryson baiting, hasn't it, where the fans will think it's hilarious. But can you think of any other sport where this would happen? Or even if this was DJ or Rory or JT, would this be allowed to happen? Is that fair? I mean, I'm not sure. I think. Well, it is a... I mean, it, it it does happen in other sports, but the the but there's but they're nowhere near as close to the players as they yeah. are in golf. Yeah, like individual um, sports, right? You know, in 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 baseball, uh, you know, um, that they, you know, I've been to a few American baseball games. I'm a bit of a fan of baseball, and there is plenty of going uh, chipping at the players, but there, it's done from a long way away. It's like it's like English football that's done from the stands. It's like NFL that's done from the stands. There's plenty of abuse hurled at players, but you name me another sport where the the abuse can be basically whispered you know um it, it can be just um you know from uh, from from touching distance almost away it can just a little sarcastic comment uh even just little stuff in the backswing and talking and and just yeah it, it's really subversive and and i think it's having an effect and i do think I, i'm not i'm not i don't have a horse in this race uh i'm not a bryson truther but i'm also not a brooks um uh, lover I, I i just i'm i'm kind of watching it from from the middle, I do think Brooks Kepka does have to take a little bit of portion of blame in this uh, because he's kind of he kind of incited and stirred up this kind of this 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 little frantic kind of mentality where where everyone wants to kind of sort of uh, chip on Bryson and I don't think it's fair and I don't think it's right. But as you say, unless Bryson um, does something to actually say. Uh, you know, I'm not like I'm not enjoying this, and I really would like it if you didn't do this. Um, uh, uh, then uh, I don't think it stops, and um, so I do think Brooks Kepka almost uh, he's he started this in a way, uh, and I I kind of don't like where this is going because um, I don't think it's fair that uh, that Bryson DeChambeau is kind of copping this kind of abuse around the golf course, and and I and you wouldn't be human if it didn't affect you. You know, yeah, I think you're right. And I think I don't think um, Brooks will take any responsibility. But what I find odd about it is that I think that the only reason that Brooks is being the way he is, um, is for the competitive advantage. He knows in this situation, if it continues, it's one more thing that's annoying Bryson. And it's one more thing that gives him a chance to win, because I don't see this has ever been personal between them. It almost started out as a bit of a a bit of a sigh from from Brooks about how nerdy Bryson is or how much that he talks science or like yeah. how he has metal spikes. Like it wasn't anything major, but it's almost like it's gone from this sort of almost like cartoon jock versus nerd thing into something that's is victimizing Bryson. It's not bullying. I don't think it's that far, but it's victimizing Bryson and allowing Brooks to gain an advantage over him, whether whether by intention or not. Yeah, no, quite right. At the actual final results here. Um, so in that three-man playoff I mentioned, uh, you know, with, with some really strong finishes by Ansa Burns and Matsuyama, so they finished up in the playoff, uh, and um, a, a, a fantastic um, three-man playoff uh, in the first hole. Uh, they went back up eighteen, and Ansa Burns and Matsuyama um, uh, all um, parred. They had their chances uh, 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 to, especially Matsuyama had his chance to to put it away on the first and, and incredibly unlucky. I I actually thought that was in. I, I thought Matsuyama's first part on the playoff hole, I thought it was curtains. Uh, but with, with the, as the ball was tracking towards the hole, I thought, well done, Hideki, you've, you've done it again. Uh, and, and I thought he was desperately unlucky. Uh, and then they went back up again up the up top of the 18th and, and went for it again. And uh, an answer swinging beautifully, um, uh, put it in the middle of the fairway and, and then stuck it on the green. And um, and and as the rest, as they say, is, is history. And wonderful for Abraham Answer. I know you've, I know you were a fan of uh, Answer, uh, and I know you followed him for a while, Matt. So yeah, it, it must have been nice to see him. When I, 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 it was nice for me to see him. When I'm not, I'm not a big Answer fan, but I do like the guy. And it was lovely to see the guy not to win because he's been very consistent, hasn't he? Yeah, for sure. And I am absolutely a, a big Abraham Answer fan. I'm not really usually a, an answer backer, um, but he, 
I'm really chuffed for him. I can't think of any more deserving because he's been good now for better than good. Yeah. He's been excellent for the best part of two, three years, right? Yeah. He's been there. He's got multiple multiple top fives and he's been there or thereabouts. I think you'll remember, I can't remember what tournament it was, but I think Rory put the lights out to beat him somewhere, which he could so easily have won. So I like that he got the rub of the green with Burns missing that relatively short one. Um, but he had to haul yeah. it first. He had six feet that he needed to haul. It wasn't a, it wasn't a tapping by... It wasn't by a gimme. No, um, no, really chuffed for him. I think just both him and Burns in the playoff, I was really impressed. Like that, that 18th is no easy driving hole. You've got to hit a little rope draw, haven't you? Keep it off the water and try and avoid those bunkers and the thick Bermuda. I yeah. thought they were both excellent. And those two shots, like I know Hideki hit an absolute peach, didn't he? Out of the rough and just over the air, um, over the water, which I think was more luck than anything. But both for answer and for Burns, just to stand up there, knowing that you're in a playoff and hit that shot. It's brave um, to take the lines that they did. And I think, yeah, I almost feel bad for Burns, but I'm glad that he's already got his win this year. So I think it was a, a really nice time for answer to come through and very fitting that he's done it at a WGC, uh, a fairly esteemed event rather than a Barbasol or something like that. Because I think his play in the last couple of years absolutely warrants it. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. There was, I mean, uh, it was almost uh, like, Okay, Sam, you've had your win, and you'll win more. Sam Burns is a very talented player, and and I would definitely keep an an eye on that guy over the next few years because he's got a massive game. Um, It was lovely to see Ansel win on a kind of a on a everyone anyone who's good and and deserves to win a PGA Tour event in a big one. uh, It's nice to see. When Burns did it, he deserved it because he'd been close a few times in the year and it was nice to see Answer do it because he's been close a few times over probably two or three years. So uh, to round out the, the, the sort of the finishing order here, um, so Abraham Answer won on a playoff over Sam Burns and Hideki Matsuyama, who just keeps playing great golf. Uh, Harris English um, finishes fourth. Our, our boy Daniel Berger, who we both picked, um, oh. fit, um, fell into it. Had a good final round, four under final round, and fell into a place. So at least we got both of us um, got a place out of Berger. If he could have just, no, he's not a bad putter. And he just, if, I think maybe it's because I backed him, Craig. Um, and usually the people I back can't put, and he just couldn't put. If he has a normal putting week, he wins that event by a. Couple. I know, I know, I know, I know what you're saying about that, Matt, because. Uh, Berger to me, I've watched him recently and thought, Matt, Dan, better putter than this. He all of a sudden has got this tentative prod going, which I've never seen Berger do. Um, he is so much a better putter than what he is displaying at the moment. And I don't know what has gone wrong with Daniel Berger's putting, but he looks so cautious and almost tentative now, which is yeah. um, just, I don't know what's gone on with Daniel Berger's putt putting stroke it seems more poppy now than what it was and almost uh, almost like Snedeker-esque you know and I and I don't like that it's not Burgers he's more assured he's a much better putter than that so I agree with you Matt I, I, I don't I don't think it was just you I just think he just he's just yeah. not I, I seen it I saw it the week uh, the week of uh, the, I think the week, a week or two before as well I thought Daniel that's not your putting stroke yeah. um, so yeah, he was poor, but he did put much better on Sunday. I'm, I'm convinced he wins a playoff event, um, by the way. So I definitely will put him up for one of those. But he lost significant strokes putting him one, two, and three, and then found something on. I mean, he would he would have been leading by a stretch after um, Saturday, and then he found something on Sunday. And like you say, he had a really good round, didn't he? I think he shot four under. Yeah, four under, four under, actually, final round. Yeah, he actually yeah. did really well. I think just his approach stats for the event in total, he led. Um, led the tournament, I think, in strokes gained approach. And when you've got Hideki absolutely flushing irons in the same tournament, that is no mean feat. No, it's Berger. You know, he did do well uh, and finished, in, you know, finished uh, in the places for both of us. So that was that was something. Um, and then Paul Casey he went another good week. Casey seems to just carry on playing and you know playing well, but not winning. And uh, three under final round to finish, um, tied fifth with Berger. Cameron Smith should have been in that playoff, really should have been in that playoff for the first place, um, but has a disastrous final hole and finishes two over for the final round and finishes in tied fifth. So you'd been feeling pretty sick if you're on Cameron Smith on that final day. Um, Will Zalatoris, another good uh, another good week, but my God, that boy needs someone to help him with the putter. Um, so uh, one, one under for the final round and uh, tied eighth with 
Bryson DeChambeau, who, as we've alluded to, had an absolutely disastrous final round. Worse than Harris English, has a four-over final round. Uh, would never have seen that coming at the beginning of this on Sunday. I just thought that, as you said, Matt, I thought this guy probably wins. Uh, and uh, and ends up finishing tied eighth with a final round four over, um, and then to find out ran out the final ten. Dustin Johnson top ten once again par final round on Sunday eleven under for the tournament. Just doesn't seem to quite be I don't know feeling it at the moment. Dustin, I know he's gonna you know he's gonna spark into life at some stage in the playoffs. He's I don't think he's far away, but um, yeah he didn't quite uh, get it done uh, here, but still top ten. Ian Poulter, um, two over, disappointing two over final round on Sunday to finish top 10 with Dustin Johnson. So that's not so bad. And then just outside the top 10, Roy McIlroy, final round four under, keeps on um, just spluttering around a good round, a bad round, a good round, a bad round, you know. Uh, so uh, and Jordan Spieth, a final round three under, finishes and tied 12th as well. So all in all, um, a, 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 a great tournament, really enjoyable and, and a nice win for Abraham Answer. Okay, uh, let's let's move on now to this week. Uh, and it's the Wyndham Championships from Sedge, Sedgefield Country Club uh, in North Carolina. Um, this is a, 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 a an interesting tournament, and the fact that uh, if you look back at the past winners of this, um, there's one player who who just screams out, uh, and that's Webb Simpson. Um, he, he's got a bit of a uh, bit of a mortgage on this event. It's not a long golf course. I mean, it's, it's seven thousand seven thousand one hundred yards. So by par, uh, by PGA Tour standards, it's a minnow. 70 but um but it is a it is a very much a uh, if you look at the role of honor of winners in the past here it is all about um placement off the tee and ball striking and and all the best exponents of that um read like a who's who here so last year jim herman won it from billy horschel Siwoo kim tied third with kevin kesner doc redman and webb simpson um 2019 uh, once again, uh, a who's who of of, of ball strikers. Um, oh, it's not refreshing on me for the moment. Uh, JT Poston, uh, the first. Webb Simpson, that man again. Webb Simpson, second. Uh, Bjorn Hung An at third. Victor Hovland at fourth. Siwoo Kim, uh, fifth. Josh Teeter tied sixth. Bryce Garnett tied sixth. Brian Harmon, Billy Horschel. So it, there's a there's a here, oh, you don't have to be long here, but you have to be accurate. 2018, Brant Snedeker, CT Pan, Webb Simpson again, uh, Jim Furick, DA Points, Brian Gay, Ryan Moore, Ryan Armour. It's all about placement off the tee, driving accuracy, and ball striking here, people. This is what this course is about. It just screams it off the page. So, um, what are your sort of uh, impressions of this tournament, Matt? What have you, what have you been looking at and thinking about in your selections going forward this week? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, Wyndham is one of those events where where players who play well at the Wyndham usually play well there the majority of the time. Uh, there's not really somewhere where people like do they turn at once, then they never really issue again. Um, so you've got people like Webb, obviously, who's got a, a crazy record here. I, I think he's finished outside. Um, the top six in the last six events or seven events once, which is yeah. just just balmy. And also, you get that reflected in the not lesser golfers, but definitely less prolific than Webb. Um, and when I read the names, they all fall into a, a relatively similar category. Um, you've got people like Brant Snedeker, like Kevin Kisner, um, Siwoo Kim, Ryan Moore. They're all those maybe shorter hitters who are. Excellent with their excellent with their irons with the wedges and also can haul enough putts to win here because I think the last five years it's been in that minus eighteen to minus twenty one range so you're gonna have to break par fairly often if you want to win here um, small than average greens um, Bermuda grass so you're looking at Bermuda putters if possible it's a relatively short course a par seventy you've had Sneds is fifty nine here haven't you um, he opened um, with that when he won here I think two three years ago now. But I think you're absolutely right. It's a less than driver course because I think the the average off the tee here last year was 280 yards, and I'd wager 
just about the shortest on tour, bar maybe Heritage, because a lot of people are just taking less than driver, keeping it in play, um, and then looking to attack from there. And I think you can look at that a couple of ways, because the elite of the game, most of which you aren't here, but there are um, people like Mighty Wolf, people like Tommy Fleetwood, Adam Scott, are, are brutal drivers of the golf ball, but they're not going to have to get driver out the bag this week if they don't want to. So you could say that they're going to improve their accuracy off the tee simply by hitting less than driver all the time. Um, however, when you look at the players who play well here, often it is a more strategic kind of um, fairways and greens players who often are shorter hitters because here, unlike a lot of places on tour, um, it doesn't count them out. You can go at Torrey Pines and you're not going to get Ryan Armour anywhere near the top of the leaderboard. He simply can't compete. Whereas yeah. this is a much more open playing field and it does let those sorts of players um, compete. So I'm definitely looking at that. What I noticed when I did a bit of a, a deep dive of the course, I feel like I do these each year as a new, um, which is quite nice. But I always look back on last year's notes and see what I've got going on. Um, but Wyndham at Greensborough, I'm sorry, in Greens, but Sedgefield CC um, has an awful lot of par fours. I think there's nine all between 400 and 450 yards. So unlike even last week and some of the, the bigger events, you've not got many of those absolute brutish par fours where they're 480, 490, 500 yards. Um, most of them are sort of in the 400 to 420 range. You've got a couple, I could read a couple of yardages out, 418, 428, 423, 416. Or six. So that tells you that you just need to keep it in play off the tee and give yourself your chances to attack. So I've weighted quite heavily par four scoring this week, as well as um, par four performance between 400 and 450 yards, because that's where you need to make your score. Um, as is always the case with par 70s, I guess, par fours are where, are where the money needs to be. Um, but it's, it's worked quite nicely because it's let me pick a couple of longer odds players who perform really well in those metrics. Obviously, you're going to have to have approach play on point this week. If you don't give yourself enough chances, you're not going to shoot the 20-odd under. That's necessary for success here. Um, and also par breakers. So um, how many times are players actually breaking par? Are they making eagles? Are they making birdies? Often enough um, to hit a low enough score to get in the frame. Um, a bit of recent form and also course form, as I mentioned at the start, sort of players who play well here tend to play well here all of the time. So you can use that as a bit of a safety blanket, I guess. Um, and I, I was de deliberating when I was doing my, my research before whether you can maybe sacrifice a little bit of recent form um, and get a bit of a longer price on a player if they've got course form here. Because gen generally, if they play well, they will play well here, even if they're not in any sort of form. Yes. I... I have a I have a player like that myself uh, who I, who actually ticks that box in terms of not in great but plays this course extremely well. So I, I have to you know I'm going to put him in. So let's uh, let me ask you a question before we do our selections. Uh, let let's just take it as a given that Webb Simpson is going to be there or thereabouts. Have you got him as one of your selections, Matt? No. I haven't. No, um, no, me neither. So let's put. I'm going to say to the listeners, we're going to put that to the side and say, right, you can, and no one's going to argue against you because his record here is, as Matt alluded to, outstanding. But the guy is twelve to one, sort of eleven to one, twelve to one, uh, and and you can take that if you want, and no one would argue with you, and and you'll. Probably you know, you probably do okay out of that. You, you know, if he doesn't win, you'll probably play. So, let's let's put Webb Simpson to the side here, and let's talk as as we do on this podcast. We look for we're looking for value. We're looking for something a bit more meaty uh, with a place um, that you know that we can sort of enjoy and, and, uh, and for a, you know, a fairly minimal stake and, and get a good return out of. So um, let's. Um, I'm Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it to you, and I'm gonna give you the floor to go through your selections first. Lovely stuff. So yeah, I mean, a quick word before about Web before I before I crack on with mine. I rarely take players like John Rahm at 10s, at 11s, so I have no intention to do so with Webb, despite his obviously impeccable um, course form. With Webb, though, you're not winning each way at 11 to 1, are you? It's either Webb. No, you're not. No, and no. There's enough doubts about his irons recently. He's not been in incredible form this year. No, he um, hasn't. No. Yeah, obviously he can win. He's got an outstanding yeah. record here, but not for me at that price. No, no, yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to put a little disclaimer in there. Like uh, anyone who thinks, oh, why wouldn't you put Webb Simpson? Well, you can, and uh, you're welcome to have him. 
but yeah, if he finishes outside of first, he finishes, you know, anywhere from third to, to sixth or seventh or whatever the bookies pay you for your places, it's not going to make much difference and you're going to get you're going to get changed back anyway. So, um, yeah, okay, Matt. So uh, let's uh, see who you like for value. Sure. So um, I'm going to start with Mito Pereira this week, um, first cab off the rank, and he's 66 to one. Um, now I'm just having a quick look at odds checker and seeing if he's a, a similar price, but that was a standout price by about 15 points, which I just didn't understand. Um, I think it was a general 50s, um, and I I like Miko Pereira this week just because he's playing really good golf. So he obviously won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour, and I was looking at what his results were before that, and he had three top tens in his last four starts before he then doubled up on the Corn Ferry and won two tournaments in a row. Obviously, he has been to the Olympics, um, but when he's then converted, obviously he got the battlefield promotion on the on the Corn Ferry Tour and um, got automatic tour status, and He's played six events on the first of which was a missed cut, um, which I think is understandable on your first um, appearance on the PGA Tour. But since then, he's made five cuts and his last couple of starts, he's finished T4, T6, T39. I think we can forgive him the T39 at Barracuda because he had travelled back from Japan, hadn't he, in the Olympics. Um, and I think those stats themselves are very similar to the ones before he won on the Corn Ferry Tour. Now, this is a level up. There's no denying that. But in the last three months or sorry in the last 30 days or in those starts I'm talking about he's fourth tee to green on the PGA Tour and he's been hitting his irons excellently um, now he is super long off the tee and he can't really take advantage of that here but he's long enough to be able to be the be that guy who clubs down and hits three iron hits hits four iron off a lot of tees and still leaves himself chances to score and I think it's undeniable for a man who's won three times on the Corn Ferry Tour, you have to have the ability to go low. You absolutely have to have the ability to break par um, and score in bunches because you're never going to win on the Corn Ferry Tour without that. It finishes at minus 20 and beyond every week. So at 66 to 1, I was surprised to see that price. He was much, much shorter. I think he went off about 20 to 1 for the Barracuda, which it is a weaker event and he didn't play incredibly in that event. But I just think his, his game makes out quite nicely for this course and I'm absolutely willing to take a chance at 66 to 1 I think he's better than that and I think as he establishes himself on tour um, he's going to go off much shorter prices so I'm hoping he he is good enough to break through like those elite golfers who get converted from either college or the Corn Ferry do um, quite quickly um, so yeah Mito Pereira is number one for me this week um, number two um, is Seamus Power now if You'd have told me at the start of this year that I was going to back Seamus Power, who is the same price as Bob McIntyre, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> it's he, no right on name value to be the same price as those players. However, his stats this year, not just sort of a, I often quote stats, and I'm obviously you can make stats fit your narrative, can't you? Uh, researcher bias, all of that stuff. But in short term, in long term, even in sort of season long stats, his stats absolutely eclipse all of those players. He is simply playing objectively excellent golf. Um, and he's one of those that I've had to sort of hold my breath and bet that um, because he is called Seamus Power and he did win last time out. So I think there's there's maybe something in that, but he just fits really well to this course. Um, he is number two in par four scoring on the whole tour, which is is just mental. Um, he keeps it accurate off the tee, um, and he's just got one of those all-round games um, that, that is going to suit for me. He's 27th season long in approach play, um, and you've got to think, 27th on tour, there's probably two or three people ahead of him who are starting in this event in this event and if you narrow it down to the last three months he's actually number seven on tour so he is just striking the ball beautifully and actually he doesn't really have a weakness because he's a great putter too um he's come 51 31 in his last two events at the Wyndham and it was hard to bet just because I'm not used to seeing his name there but there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't pull the trigger um and I said uh, to someone else the other day I realised that he won on his last start um, at the Barbasol, and he is Irish. There may have been some celebrations. Um, so uh, there is that in the back of my mind that might he maybe not be fully in the frame of mind to be desperate for that next win. But with the stats the way they are and with the course fit the way that is, I'm more than happy to take a chance um, on Seamus Power. So I took him at 50s with six places. Um, he's generally 40s, but I still think that's not a bad bet. 
Okay. This last couple of quicker because I realise I'm talking a lot about these picks. Um, no, next, that's fine. That's not fine. Next one is Ryan Armour. Um, another one that I wouldn't really say I'd backed, but honestly, I think he's the best bet of the week. Um, unfortunately, I think he's well on the way to a Twitter curse as well because I've seen a fair few people put him up. But his course just makes out ridiculously well for this course. Um, he's come T5 and T6 twice in his last three starts. He missed a cut in Barracuda. Um, and although that course is at altitude, it's a really long course. Maybe didn't suit his game. And I believe he only just missed the cut as well. So I can forgive him that. Um, and he can return to a course that he does really well at. Um, I also looked at another Donald Ross design at the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. Um, and he's played really well there uh, a couple of times. Um, I believe it was the year that um, DeChambeau and Wolf were in the running. Um, he played really well and threatened. Um, so he's got some correlating course form as well. And his stats are just trending. It's one of the only courses on tour he can win at, I think, because he just can't compete, similar to some of those other short hitters at the really long courses. Number three in driving accuracy, number 20 in par four scoring. But what really attracted me to him this week, we know he's an excellent putter. Ryan Armour is just excellent at But he's got really trending iron play. So he's 125 in the season long stats, but he's 41 in the last three months, which I think speaks quite heavily for for the improvement recently um, and he's got course form for days he's got two top 10s in his last four visits they read 25 22 8 and 4 so the combination of really good recent form um, and course form and a three-figure price I absolutely can't say no to that so Ryan Armour is my third this week and um, number four is a return to an old friend um, Chris Kirk now Chris Kirk I really thought about not backing because to some degree, I think his stats are propped up by early season form because um, he was excellent in that run through Valero and Honda um, and there. But Honda's Bermuda Greens, right? It's a, a relatively correlating track for this. And although he's been a little bit off the boil, he is coming off the back of two or three missed cuts. I just can't say no to the numbers. So he's number six in par, par four scoring this year. Um, and he's number four on par fours between 400 yards and 450 yards, which is, is really tricky for me to say no to, especially as he doesn't really have a weakness. He's not really poor at anything. And if he keeps that consistency in his game, he will give himself enough chances to do well here. Um, and be honest, if he was 60s, I wouldn't have touched him. But you probably remember in our chats earlier in the year, I went through a period of about four or five weeks of backing him sort of every yeah. other week. And it yeah. was anywhere from 45 to one to 66s to 70s. And now he's touching three figures. I think there's more than 100s there if you want to take fewer places. And I think the price is what's given me enough motivation to try and give himself another chance to, to come in. Because when I did back him earlier in the year, he didn't win, but he brought me plenty of places. So I think there's something in um, the Chris Kirk price at 100 to 1 for me to take a chance on. Um, he does have a top 11 here two years ago, so he's he's far from unfamiliar with the course. Um, and it's kind of a sentimental thing as well. I really want Chris Kirk to do well. Obviously, he's battled his demons. He's come back from that and he's playing really good golf again. I think it would be quite apt if he was to, to be another um, winner on the PGA Tour this year. So I'm all in for Chris Kirk this week. I hope he plays really, really well. Um, my final pick is someone who I almost backed last week for the, the Barracuda. It's Brian Stewart, another name that if you'd kind of give me a list at the start of the year of players you never thought you'd back all year, probably would be Brian Stewart. But he's got sneaky good stats. Um, he's very similar um, in the ball to Ryan He's just an excellent driver of the golf ball in keeping it in play. He's number two on tour driving accuracy. Um, he's excellent at those par fours between 400 and 415. I think that's just because when he doesn't have to use driver, he keeps it in play, hits fairways, hits greens and gives himself chances. And his putting has kind of rocketed in recent months. He's gone from 65 to 30 um, in the tour wide standings with his putter, as is his irons. He's gone from 90 to 42. So that's it's telling me that it's uh, he has really increased in his form recently and he's he's hit the frame a couple of times and I'm hoping he can he's going to be a bit of a left field winner if Brian Stewart wins a tour event but if he's going to win anything it's going to be here I think um he's got some very sketchy course form he's had a couple of missed cuts but 51 31 um in his last two starts here and actually I think that he's he's just 
I think he's more likely to win here than than anything else, and he's never been in better form um, for this event. So I'm hoping he has a personal best of the course and can hit the frame. And he's 125 to one, so I think that's worth a couple of quid of anyone's money. Yeah, I think it's a good shout on Brian Stewart each way because I have noticed his name uh, a lot this year as well. He he he's a guy for me that seems to uh, start strong. Uh, and then perhaps fade a little bit, uh, and then, as you say, hit the frame. He's been there or thereabouts. But you're right; he, he's he's featured very prominently this year. He's um, he's definitely making a name for himself. This has been his best season, and and if he's going to win or do well at any tournament, it would probably be this one because it is it makes up for him. He's not long off the tee, but he is accurate and he is a good ball striker. And he's, as you say, he's a good putter. I, I don't, I don't hate that Brian Stewart shout at all um, for value. As you say, at 125 to one, I think that's, that's outstanding. All right. Um, I'm going to uh, have a bit of a lash with mine now. Uh, so uh, my first pick is uh, the only other guy that's one point, one tiny decimal one sorry, one Brian Stewart is seventy three point three five percent off the tee and driving accuracy at number two, and at number one at seventy five point three six percent is my first pick, Brendan Todd. So I'm picking Brendan Todd. He's at seventy five to one with Star Sports. Uh, why am I picking Brendan Todd? A because I just said his driving accuracy. No one is more straight on the tour than Brendan Todd off the tee this year. Uh, and so, if you are going to need anywhere to uh, to be straight and to make the, as you say, the most advantage to try and get to a birdieable situation, then you need to be on the short stuff. Uh, and it's seventy five for one for me. Uh, seventy five to one for me. Brendan Todd is nice because as well as that, he is inside the top 10 in putting accuracy. So strokes gained putting, he's seventh on the tour this year. He's always been a good putter, Brendan Todd. Uh, he's not prodigiously long off the tee. In fact, he's one of the shortest players off the tee, but he is the straightest man this year off the tee. So I'm uh, I'm all over Brendan Todd at 75 to 1. I think um, really nice money for him. And, uh, and I like the way the guy plays. I've always been a bit of a fan of Brendan Todd. Uh, I like the way he putts. And um, and when he, if he gets rolling, if he gets that putter hot, look out. He's he's really 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 handy. Um, my next pick is Kevin Streelman at fifty to one. Streelman's had an outstanding year this year. He's 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 had some really good showings at at, at, um, at the PGA Championship. Uh, at the, I think he did well as as well at the US Open. He's had some showings at a number of really tough courses that he really shouldn't if you look at his stats and you look at his kind you know he's a good ball striker but he's not exactly the longest guy in the world off the tee uh, and yet he is um as i say uh we've been featuring on some really tough layouts this year very deep in some really really deep competitions with some you know major sort of um and, and majors and some big um, and he's done extremely well. He's not exactly new on the tour. He's been around for years. But what I like about Streelman is uh, he's he's playing and oh, he's obviously in great form this year. At fifty to one for me, and a course that actually suits him much better in terms. He doesn't have to be long now. He just has to be straight. He has to just you know make sure his ball striking is good. His putting is not wonderful, but uh, but I'm willing to forgive Streelman that because I just think um, you know for someone to be around for the four days and to, to make the opportunities uh, and convert them. I think um, Kevin Strillman is, is, is good value at, at, at 50 to one. Um, my next bet is um, Sungjae Im at 30 to one. Now Sungjae Im is more of a, uh, for me is, you know, he's a very talented player, but for me, it's more of a course kind of play here. Uh, in the last couple of years, I, I'm, I was torn between actually Siwoo Kim and Sung J M um, because they both have very good showings here in the last couple of years. But I went Sung J M because he has better driving accuracy stats and better putting stats. He's inside the top ten and no, what is he uh, in driving accuracy? I've got it here. He is um, sorry, just bear with. He is fourteen. Uh, 14- 
accuracy and inside the top 50 on strokes game putting. So, um, uh, you know, he's a good, he's a very good ball striker, Sanjay M as well. So I, I fell on the side of Sanjay M in the end. So uh, his past results here was uh, he was tied ninth here in 2020. And I think he was tied, uh, if I remember, he's tied sixth here in 2019. So he likes it here. He strikes the ball straight. He putts well. He's he, he's a good ball striker. He's a classy player, Sanjay M, and um, uh, he's the um, he's the third pick at uh, as I say at thirty to one with um, with Star Sports. A bit shorter than I'd like, but I can't get away I can't get away from the fact that I think he I think he'll go well here. So uh, that's my that's my third pick. Uh, my next pick is. Now, Justin Rose is, he's had some, he's he's kind of had a misfire sort of year. He's had some really uh, he had a strong showing at the Masters again. He's he, he I think that at a course where you have to steer it around and be careful and and measured and calculated, I think that could suit Justin Rose. I I think he's I th- I'm I'm going at him for a value play because I think he's sixty to one with Star Sports, and I just think that money for Justin Rose and what is not a terribly deep field, let's be honest. Um, Patrick Reed um, was, uh, was out today as well, withdrew today as well, so that makes it even less deep now, this field. Uh, and I just think, for me, uh, Justin Rose at 60-1, to 1, uh, I, I like that price uh, for Justin Rose because I think if he gets into a rhythm uh, with his putter and if he can start steering it around the course and he's a kind of a careful, measured, calculated player and if he's driving it well, um, he, he, he could. Um, I, I think he could be a, a really nice shout. Uh, so, um, so he's my my, my fourth pick uh, at, at, at at fifty to one, uh, and. Um, I did. I was playing with another one, but I think um, I think I'm gonna uh, I think I'm gonna leave it at that um, for this week. So those are my four picks. Uh, if I if I do have another one, I might I might lob it up. I'm I'm, I'm thinking, but I'm, at the moment those are my four picks on um, on. Uh, and if I as I say, my Twitter account is uh, better and better one. Um, and just have a look. Maybe I might. Like throw one more out, but at the moment, as I say, those are my four picks. So, um, yeah, anything else to add to that, Matt? No, not at all. I think it, probably something to mention about those um, the lads who were on the bubble about one, two, five. Um, I think it's you've got Tommy Fleetwood there. You've got players like, I mean, struggling for a bigger name. You've got Ricky, who's at um, yeah a much longer price. Um, sorry, a much shorter price than he has been for a while and is very much on the bubble. I think it's interesting to see how they play. Um, I was very much intending to consider that in how I'm going to select my picks this week. As it happened, they just didn't have the stats that matched up, so I'm not in the end. But I think it will be really interesting to see how they play. Uh, Gary Woodland, another one who's number 119 um, in the rankings. Ricky, one, two, five, right on the bubble. Um, Patrick Rogers. Um, there's, there's plenty of interest I think, um, of players around that point, And it will be really interesting to see how they play. So it'll definitely be something I'm looking at um, to see if I, I want the odd in-play punt, if any of them start particularly well or look like they're, they're showing anything that they're clearly motivated this week. Yeah, it is, as you say, getting to that hot time of the year now where we're at um, FedEx Cup playoff times and you're having to make that, you know, get inside, inside that top 125. And as I say, there'll be a few um, motivated sort of people, I think, um, for this. But, um, well, I think that's it. I think that wraps it Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Sports. Thanks to you, Matt, um, always for coming on and contributing. It's always um, always great to hear your insights. And, uh, uh everyone for your golf punts this week and uh, we'll talk again next week. Yeah, good luck for the week, Matt. Chat next week. See ya. Bye.